I'm Trey Briggs, and this is Call Center Confidential. Hello and welcome to Call Center Confidential, the podcast that is a conversation about conversations. My name is Trey Briggs, president of BCI, found at bci-fit.com. We are eager to get started, so let's just jump right on into it. Call Center Confidential is going to be unique to the call center industry in that we are going to focus exclusively on the conversations that your agents have with your customers or your patients should you be in healthcare. This is not going to be an infomercial for BCI, I promise, though I will be referencing what we do from time to time, especially here in episode one. Rather, it is going to be an academic and even anthropological exploration of this subject. Specifically, we are going to talk about how to teach agents how to offer exceptional customer service and how to hold them accountable to doing so throughout the entirety of each call they handle each day. This is something we currently do every day for our clients who outsource their training and performance management needs to us. So let's get into it. What I would like to talk about is a big goal of this podcast, which is to provide clarity to a subject that in our industry is most defined by vagueness and speculation. Where many pundits seem to dance around the subject, we're going to take a straightforward approach here. The first step in doing this is addressing the many misguided narratives that dominate the discourse around customer service performance training, and performance management in our industry. I'm going to call this exercise Call Center Sushi Bar. Why Call Center Sushi Bar? Have you ever noticed that when you walk into a sushi restaurant, they always bring you that little white plate that has the soy sauce, and then you have your wasabi, and then the ginger. Well, apparently you're supposed to eat a piece of ginger between sushi rolls or items, which I never do, but apparently you are supposed to do that in order to cleanse the palate so that you can better taste the next item. So what we're going to do here with Call Center Sushi Bar is it's going to be kind of like a mental cleansing of our feelings or our thoughts perhaps about the narratives that dominate our field so we can take a fresh approach and fresh look at them. I figured I would list all the narratives on the menu that we plan to cover in our first couple or so episodes here. It's going to take two or three episodes to get through this. And they are as follows. Every agent is good followed by measuring 100% of calls is the answer, and then sentiment scoring, it takes more time, empathy, improvement, every call is different, personalized service, everyone is clamoring for digital, soft skills, scripts, tone, and finally, customer-obsessed slash delighting customers. The first narrative is every agent is good. In over 27 years of training in this industry, I have not once seen or heard any expert, I don't think, in any form ever imply anything other than every agent is good. Every discussion of agent performance begins with the unspoken premise that every agent is good at customer service and the challenge is simply to help them improve or make them better at it. Just recently, I read an article where the pundit was writing about this issue and summarized with, so to take good agents and make them great, It is important to so on and so on and so on. This every agent is good narrative is a big problem in our industry because it effectively ignores what is perhaps its greatest challenge. The fact is that every agent is not good. 
Quite the contrary. Agents offering poor customer service is a rampant problem throughout our industry. Poor, unsatisfactory, and incompetent customer service is a rampant issue in the call center industry. So why does no one ever mention it? It's pretty interesting if you think about it. The worst consequence of every agent is good is that it has greatly lowered the bar of expectations regarding agent performance and training. If every agent is good, bad customer service tends to go unnoticed. Every agent is good complacency too often leads to managerial acceptance of truly poor customer service. For QA programs, including automated digital ones, every agent is good means programs can simply measure agent performance without the pesky expectation of having to affect it. If every agent is good, there is no need to significantly affect anything. So programs can just produce some stats for meetings and not much else. There is no need to teach agents the skill and discipline of customer service or shape their behavior in any significant way because every agent is already good anyway. At BCI, we are happy to point out that poor performance is a big, big problem because we have the solution. We specialize in taking all agents, including poor performing and lower skilled agents, and making them undeniably exceptional, as should be the expectation of any legitimate training or performance management product. The next narrative up is measuring 100% of calls is the answer. This is the product of tech companies promoting digital automation of performance management. I have read their premises directly from published white papers, and the premise goes like this. Studies have shown that 75% of call center managers, when asked, admit they are unhappy with the results of their internal QA programs, which I completely agree with. This proves that Old-fashioned QA methods call centers have used since the 1980s, and I literally read this 1980s comment in one of the white papers, are woefully outdated. They do not work because they only measure an agent's performance three to ten times per month. This is the key to this premise. The obvious solution is to measure every call, and modern digital software does just that. These outdated QA approaches conducted by veteran call center managers and directors have thus been rendered obsolete by the tech industry's much smarter and modern digital technology. The problem is this premise is completely misguided. The number of tests per month is the least important, least significant, and least impactful aspect of agent training or performance management. It is practically irrelevant, and the traditional 3 to 10 reports per month that veteran call center managers and directors have always relied on is exactly the perfect amount. The reason their programs fail is because of their reliance on traditional measurement or performance parameters. Scoring parameters dictate how agents behave, not the number of tests. Typical parameters such as opening, ask probing questions, agent politeness, overall warmth, service quality, actively listened, resolved issues, closing, etc., are too passive, vague, and ineffectual and cannot shape or guide agent behavior. They do not do anything of any significance. They have no significant impact on agent performance, and this is why they fail. These are also the measurement parameters that 100% measurement of calls software relies on. 
This means that as they point to traditional QA approaches as old-fashioned, they are producing the same product, just an automated version of it. Using these same measurement parameters, one could test an agent five times, measure them 50 times, or 500 times per month, and the effect on agent behavior will be the same each way, which is to say minimal. The problem was never the number of measurements. Rather, the problem since the 1980s has been the 1980s era measurement parameters this 100% measurement software has chosen to automate. The number of measurements never had anything to do with it. I will be right back. Well, apparently the boys in the band have certainly had their coffee this morning. You know, I love talking about this subject, as my wife and family members would regretfully attest. And I derive my insights from an extraordinary amount of experience. Over the past 27 years, I have trained call center agents daily. And when I say daily, the typical idea of a trainer is someone who conducts workshops or does speaking engagements at conferences. But BCI's training approach is entirely unique. For one, I have always conducted our training classes and coaching sessions remotely from our office, doing remote long before it was cool, and each day my staff and I spend several hours listening intently to recordings of our clients' agents interacting with customers or patients as the core part of our training approach. Over the past 27 years, I have meticulously analyzed over 120,000 recordings and spent over 30,000 hours doing so. I have studied this one subject for over 30,000 hours and counting. (laughs) This leads me to the next narrative on the menu, which is sentiment scoring. From my perspective, trying to explain sentiment scoring is a bit like trying to grab hold of a puff of smoke. It is almost impossible to explain how it is supposed to work by just describing it. So I came up with the idea of explaining it by contrasting it with the way that we conduct our training here at BCI. So the typical scenario is that an organization approaches us and says, too many of my agents are really bad on the phone. What can you do to help us? And I say, what we're going to do here is make each of them spectacular on the phone within a matter of weeks, and we will keep them there for as long as our program is in place. What do you say? And I make clear that we know before getting started or even listening to any of their agents, precisely what needs to be done to make that happen. How do we do that? Well, we have identified that there are 15 to 20 clear and specific rules of performance that define agent-customer service, depending on the types of calls. And if an agent properly navigates these rules, they will deliver perfect customer service throughout the entirety of every call they handle each day. We teach agents to master these rules, and with a proprietary and contemporary measurement system, we hold them accountable for executing the rules in every call they handle, which is the critical key to making this happen. That's the tough part. The result is our trainees always deliver flawless customer service. In contrast, sentiment scoring is a software program that does not recognize any rule of customer service. Instead, It approaches the same training scenario with no preconceived plan, no teaching curriculum of rules or direction, no expertise, no knowledge, and no experience. 
Instead, it places a sort of digital measurement on the voice inflection of agents and customers or patients and presents this data to management for them to use to train their agents. And that's about it. From my perspective, sentiment scoring is obviously a software functionality searching for a purpose rather than a software function built around experience knowledge of the subject. In this case, agent customer service performance for which it has been applied. It is difficult to know where to begin to explain how this software is supposed to work, but I will run through a few ideas and scenarios here that perhaps can help explain it. One of the central claims of sentiment scoring is that it identifies when a customer or patient is upset and then notifies management to use that call to coach the agent on what they did wrong or could have done better that may have caused the problem. The problem with this is that customers are typically already upset as they dial the call center. So they begin the call already frustrated or angry, and the agent has nothing to do with that. So by approaching an agent with coaching every time an angry customer calls, with the presumption that it was somehow the agent's fault, not only will the conclusion be wrong in almost every case, but it will also have the immediate effect of alienating agents. They will rightfully discredit the program altogether, and at that point, the program is done. So there's that. Another scenario is this. Let's take two agents. Let's call them Natalie and Brad. Both are pretty much equal in skill level. On Tuesday, Natalie receives six calls from upset customers, and Brad receives one. On Wednesday, Natalie receives one call from an upset customer, and Brad receives seven. Their sentiment scores, which indicate how they are doing their job, will be skewed based on the randomness of the emotions of those who happen to show up in their queue, which is entirely unfair to the agents. As for measuring the sentiment of the agent, Agents come in all different personality types. Some are extroverted and naturally warm, while others are introverted, not outwardly warm, and even monotone in their speaking style. I have heard many extroverted agents offer awful customer service and can think of many introverted and monotone style agents I currently work with every day who provide outstanding customer service in every call they handle. It is unrealistic to think that sentiment scoring can identify these subtleties. So this type of sentiment scoring is very likely a highly inaccurate and unfair approach to agent tone and sentiment assessment. Another claim of sentiment scoring is that it identifies if a particular agent is garnering the best sentiment from customers and then suggests management figure out what that agent is doing so to instruct other agents to do a similar thing. But managers know who their best agents are without software or anyone else telling them? And if they knew specifically why those agents were superior or could then make their other agents the same way based on that knowledge, they would have already done that without the assistance of software or anything or anyone else. The whole point is that they do not know how to make that happen, and they are investing in a training and performance management product to make that happen. And sentiment scoring cannot do this. It just hands it all, both positive and negative, back to management to deal with when management does not have the answers to begin with. And lastly, the sentiment scoring presumption that customers or patients express their feelings directly based on an agent's service level is unfortunately entirely off base. It just does not work that way. So, on that note, 
enough with his academic explanation. Let's have a little fun with this. Check this out. One of the oldest adages in business is do not wait until a customer tells you something is broken before you fix it. Why is that? Why is that relevant here? Because customers typically do not tell you when your customer service is bad. And by the time someone has, you have likely lost countless customers. Customers typically just quietly take bad service and go about their day. I listen to calls every day, and customers are generally happy people with seemingly good lives. A nice spouse, a couple cute kids, a little doggy. They are not going to let bad customer service negatively affect their day by getting upset. They just take it. The norm is more like this. The customer gets off the phone and calls his wife. Hello? Hey, honey. Hey, honey. How's it going? Good. What's up? Hey, you know that company, that service you were talking about switching to the other morning? Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and do that. Okay. I'm right in front of my computer. I can do it right now as we're talking. What happened? Well, you know, I just got off the phone with that other service we were talking about. Yeah. And the poor agent, I mean, he had, the customer service was awful. He was obviously not prepared. And you know what? It's obvious they don't really much value our business. So let's just give the other ones a shot. What do you say? I've already done it. It's already done. You're the best. Oh, thank you, honey. You're the best. Hey, you know what? What? I was thinking, you know that little restaurant down the street from your work? Yeah. Well, you know what? Why don't you walk down there when you get off? Text me. I'll take an Uber down there and I'll take you to dinner. What do you say? You're so sweet. That sounds great. Okay. Love you. Love you too. See you then. Okay. Bye. That's how it typically goes down. <laughs> okay. They do not get upset. And to think that you're going to understand how your customers feel about you by trying to measure their sentiment in that way is that's just not the way to go it's not an effective approach it's not the customer's responsibility to let businesses know if their customer service is bad by getting upset and they typically do not at bci we take a much more proactive approach to agent training and performance management for example the main thrust of our training is to teach agents how to de-escalate a call from an upset person this happens to be our best tool for getting agents to believe in our program and earning their buy-in. And we know that without agent buy-in, no program has any chance of succeeding. On that note, I actually received an email on November 26, just recently, from a trainee that had worked at one of the call centers we trained for only like three or four months, which was unusual because our call centers that we work with typically don't have that kind of turnover time. And apparently this person got a job that he prefers somewhere else. I don't know. But anyway, he sent me an email on the way out. It has been an absolute pleasure was the title. And I received that. I'm like, what is this going to be? This is great. And he said this, I just wanted to take the time out and say it's been a very fulfilling and insightful experience with the customer service call training you have provided, as well as your amazing reports. My customer service and emotional intelligence skill sets have significantly sharpened, and I'm most certainly going to take advantage of the experiences and the pointers you provided. I will certainly be utilizing all the skills I learned in my next role, as well as in the rest of my career. The training I have received enabled me in varying emotional level scenarios with different types of patient calls to conclude 10 out of 10 times on a satisfactory note. Your pointers that were presented in your presentation enable me to diffuse these many heated conversations and make the patient conscious, and I like this, that I'm not the root of their problems. <laughs> 
10 out of 10 patients always expressed, I'm sorry for my behavior. I'm just so frustrated. All patients in these situations literally ended up apologizing to him for calling so frustrated. Okay? I mean, this is great. I reference, here we go. I reference my handling of several of these difficult calls as I answered behavioral assessment interview questions that were asked of me by high-level managers as I interviewed for my new job, which I was able to answer swiftly, confidently, and in full detail. Thank you for everything. Wow, okay, so if that email doesn't say it all, I do not know what could. Thank you, Brian. Not only did you get a cool new job, you made it into a podcast. And what that email helps display is an example of how the great riddle in our industry about service and professionalism has long been solved. The answers are known, and they are long established. This is not a mystery. The English language is 1,400 years old, and believe it or not, we humans have long figured out how to convey everything required of offering exceptional customer service. We do it through specific words and manners in specific situations, and though it does dishearten me to have to point this out, in a call center environment, customer service is delivered through the vehicle of human language, after all. Within this verbal context, it is simply a matter of knowing how to navigate word choice and phone manners in an expert manner, and the result will be exceptional customer service. This learned expertise is what BCI transfers to our agents so that they become experts at customer service too. The narrative in our industry that customer service exceptionalism is a mystery without clear rules and parameters is false. And the proposition that the way to try to unravel the great mystery that is no mystery is by trying to reverse engineer human emotion by putting vague measurements on every call and digitally measuring voice sentiment is misguided and ineffectual. The proper, most efficient, most effective, and common sense way to address customer sentiment is to always offer exceptional customer service at all times. With that as a constant, everything possible will have been done to control customer sentiment. I would like to thank you for listening today to Episode 1 of Call Center Confidential, the podcast that is a conversation about conversations. Episode 2 will be a continuation of Call Center Sushi Bar, including the narratives Every Call is Different, Personalized Service, and more, a veritable greatest hits of narratives. Call Center Confidential is interactive, so if you would like to ask a question or leave a comment, perhaps play Stump the Expert, just go to our website at www dot bci fit.com and look to the blue icon at the bottom right click it enter your message or question you don't have to tell us who you are and we will address it in an upcoming episode thank you again and please do not tell anyone about this podcast it's confidential see you next time call center confidential is a production of bci it is produced by daniel tucci music by julian bell mixing bright future studios <laughs>